Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You found the destination for country music fans, Country Heat Weekly. I'm Amber Anderson. Kelly and I are hard at work on season three of the pod, so we've lined up some episodes to tide you over during the break. All of the encores this month feature women as center stage guests in celebration of Women's History Month. Some of these artists are making history themselves, like Mickey Guyton, who became the first Black woman to do so many things, including host the ACM Awards, perform her own song on the ACM Awards, and get nominated for a Grammy in the Country Solo Performance category. Last October, Mickey was a center stage guest on Country Heat Weekly, and her fellow Texan, Casey Musgraves, is featured in Rediscovered. Do you ever wonder where all your money went, like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way, too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tyler is such a commercial songwriter, and we're now signed to the same management, and he'd been wanting to write a song with me, and I didn't know him. So I was like, why? I didn't know why. Why would he want to write a song with me? What is wrong with him? Hey everybody, this is Kelsey Ballerini. Freeland here. This is Eric Church. And I'm Mickey Guyton. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now. Hello from Nashville. I'm Amber Anderson. We are at the Amazon House on Music Row. Thanks for checking out Country Heat Weekly. And I'm Kelly Sutton. Our theme at Amazon for Country Music Month is We Are Country. And that's the idea behind this podcast. We are all country. We don't have any qualifiers or restrictions. If you want to be considered a country artist or make country music or live a country lifestyle, do it. You do you. And we are not going to tell you otherwise. That's right. Truly, the Nashville community is a family like no other genre of music. And last week, our country music family suffered a huge loss with the passing of Country Music Hall of Famer Loretta Lynn. I know you were live on the radio when the news came across, Kelly. Tell us what that was like. It was one of those moments where you see it posted somewhere and you immediately double check it with three or four other sources because you just really don't want that to be true. Right. Um, Craig Morgan was sitting right next to me and he is very good friends with her son. 
And so he immediately texted her son and said, is it true? And he said, yes. Oh, my gosh. So it was heartbreaking. Um, Loretta is the backbone of who we are in this country music world. You start to think about the pioneers that built what it sounds like, and her name absolutely comes to the forefront. And over the past week, we've had people that have been in the country music community from artists to radio DJs to journalists, publicists, everybody sharing their Loretta Lynn stories. Mm-hmm. And I have to say the takeaway, I haven't felt sad. Yeah. It's always been happy because she was so full of life and such a spitfire. Yeah. I mean, I have a great story. I interviewed her for Americana Fest. I think this was 2017. And she was on the red carpet, beautiful gown. She talked to me as if we'd been friends for ages, leaned in and gave me a kiss on the cheek. And she had on, you know, pretty bright lipstick. And it left a mark on my cheek, the lipstick mark. And I jokingly said, well, I'm never going to wash this side of my face. And she goes, oh, honey, don't be silly. That's not your shade. (laughs) She just wandered on into the Ryman. I mean, it's... A million different stories that are like that. One that I read that I thought was so perfect for Loretta, Carrie Underwood said she was backstage at the Opry. She had not met her yet. And she felt somebody smack her on the butt. (laughs) And she turned around and looked, and Loretta was in her gown walking away laughing out loud. She just walked by, smacked her on the butt, and walked on. That's... (laughs) <laughs> who Loretta Lynn was. Well, she, that's an intro. <laughs> yeah. She just was so down home, so genuine and humble, and we absolutely are missing a matriarch in the country music community. I loved the moment where Carly Pierce was on the Opry and shared the voicemail mm-hmm. that Loretta left her after hearing Dear Miss Loretta. And it was so, so sweet. And I mean, I don't know how she got through that moment because I, I would have been, I would have been a mess. Hi, Carly. This is Loretta, honey. And uh, I'm laying here in bed, just taking it easy. And uh, I'm fixing to get up and wash my face, maybe comb my hair. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I ain't got no place to go, have I? But anyway, I love your song. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you, honey. Come and see me sometime. Well, as we record this, the plans for a public memorial have not been finalized, but I'm sure there will be a big service celebrating her amazing legacy. Absolutely. There have been some great pieces written and produced about Loretta over this past week, but we just wanted to take a few minutes to acknowledge the loss at the top of our show today. We actually dug into her catalog in the first season of our podcast. If you go back to the Marin Morris episode from season one, you can listen to our Rediscover Loretta Lynn segment. And of course, the playlist of the same name is available on Amazon Music. Okay, so now on with the show. As we approach the one-year anniversary of our podcast, that's wild. I know. That's crazy. One of the names on our original wish list is here. Mickey Guyton is stepping into the center stage spotlight, and she's bringing new music with her. Plus, we are doing a special edition of our Heat Index feature this week, exploring the new Western Edge playlist curated by the Country Music Hall of Fame to go along with their brand new exhibit. I learned so much in prepping for this segment. We try to continually educate our listeners on something they didn't know about country music. And this week, we learned a lot ourselves. Yeah. But seriously, when you listen to this playlist and hear all these classic songs from acts like Linda Ronstadt, Los Lobos, and Graham Parsons, they are so country. And of course, there are the mainstream acts like Emmylou Harris, Dwight Yoakam, and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. All of whom would be great artists to rediscover for our regular feature at the end of the podcast. This is week two in our four-part series exploring 
some of the trailblazing women in country music. Last week, we dug into Tammy Wynette, and this week, we're tracing the early roots of Casey Musgraves. Well, let's get to it. We start the show by taking a look at what's making news around Nashville in a segment that we like to call What's Cooking." Nothing but good news this week. We're putting out some positive country music vibes into the universe. No one is happier this week than Ashley McBride. Last Thursday, the very day her episode of Country Heat Weekly dropped, she was in New York City live on TV. She was on CBS This Morning when Garth Brooks zoomed in from the Opry Circle and invited her to become a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Ms. Ashley McBride, on behalf of the Opry and myself as an Opry member, but try not to cry, we would love for you to consider becoming the newest member of the Grand Ole Opry. Um, it would be um, the great joy and the great honor of my life. Thank you. They really got her good, too. Her mom was hidden away backstage. She seemed to be really caught off guard. The date for her induction hasn't been announced just yet, but I'm so hoping that I get to be the one to do it. Oh my gosh, me too. Me too. (laughs) I am so excited for her. On Monday, the Music City Walk of Fame added four new stars to the sidewalk, including ones for John Prine and Patsy Cline. The Walk of Fame is located in the park across from the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's free to visit, and you can walk all over your favorite Nashvillians, including Garth Brooks, Amy Grant, Dirk Bentley, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. Great photo ops there for sure. Another piece of good news, Kane Brown receives the Champion of Youth Award from the Boys and Girls Club of America this week. He's being honored at their National Youth of the Year Gala out in Beverly Hills. Kane was a guest on our podcast just a few weeks ago, and he has really gone through a lot in his life, but he always makes time to help out the kids. Remember when he built an entire gymnasium for kids in Cleveland, Ohio? It's just awesome. It's just awesome. We are so proud of you, Kane. Keep up the good work. Also proud of our buddy Kip Moore, who just launched the One Heartbeat Hawaii Fund. Now, Kip spends a lot of time in Hawaii. I would say he probably has a home there by now because he loves to surf. It's so great to see him giving back to the locals. This fund provides financial assistance to low-income residents of Maui. He's donating a portion of the ticket sales from his current tour to the fund. Morgan News, Christmas is here. Amber Anderson, it is not. We are not (laughs) even to Halloween yet. We'll tell that to Reba. (laughs) (laughs) She releases her ultimate Christmas collection album on Friday. 12 tracks from her previous holiday albums, as well as the tune, I Needed Christmas, from her Lifetime Christmas movie. Okay, I'm excited about that, but I need some Halloween candy before I can even start to listen to Christmas music, okay? (laughs) Amazon Music Artist to Watch, Bailey Zimmerman, is releasing his first EP this week, too. If you ask Alexa to play Country Eat in DJ mode, we are revisiting our chat with Bailey from earlier this season next week on Country Heat in DJ mode on Amazon Music. we told you last week, there's a new exhibit at the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum called Western Edge, The Roots and Reverberations of Los Angeles Country Rock. And Amazon Music is hosting the official playlist. This is so cool. Okay, as visitors walk through the exhibit, there are QR codes they can scan and then immerse themselves in the music of this region. So today, we're going to dig into the playlist, Western Edge, 
L.A. country rock. The primary focus for the exhibit is the 60s through the 90s, and there are 97 songs on the playlist, so we aren't even going to be able to scratch the surface. (laughs) It's hard to know where to even start. Prior to digging into this playlist, I was probably the most familiar with the Eagles and, of course, Dwight Yoakam. Well, I think it's really interesting how some of the common threads run through the artist in this subgenre. So listen to this. We're going to connect some dots and see if we can give a little flavor of the playlist to our listeners today. We want you guys to open your minds because I think that you're going to find some of these rock songs are way more country than some country songs today. So where do you want to start? Okay, let's start at the beginning. Okay. The first song on the playlist is Mr. Tambourine Man from The Birds. The Birds formed in Los Angeles in 1964. While David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was probably the most famous artist to come out of the group, the bassist in the band was Chris Hillman who went on to join the Flying Burrito Brothers. Take a listen to Christine's tune, which was released in 1969. Now that's a country song. Right? Okay, another (laughs) founding member of the Flying Burrito Brothers was Graham Parsons. Graham and Chris are pretty much the founding fathers of the California country rock scene. In fact, Chris had hired Graham to play with the birds after David Crosby left. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young are on the playlist, too, in a couple of different configurations in addition to their solo work. Oh my gosh, this is such a rabbit hole. I know. Focus, Kelly, focus. Graham Parsons. Yes, okay. (laughs) Let's play a little clip of Return of the Grievous Angel, which was from his final solo project, Grievous Angel, which was released after he died. That female voice singing harmony sounds like an angel. Well, she is. It's Emmy Lou Harris. Of course. Of course. <laughs> she toured and recorded with Graham. And get this, the band playing, that's Elvis's TCB band. TCB, like taking care of business. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty funny how all these musicians are intermingled. Like, can you imagine Karen Fairchild, Shay Mooney, and Carrie Underwood hitting the road together with Garth's band Stillwater? I mean, it just doesn't work like that anymore. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no, I can't. Well, the 70s were a very free time. (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) Emmy Lou was on the playlist, too, with her big hit, Two More Bottles of Wine, as well as a gorgeous song called Boulder to Birmingham that she wrote following the death of her friend and mentor, Graham Parsons. Oh, and Emmy Lou was introduced to Graham by Chris Hillman. We talked about at the beginning of this segment how they were both in The Birds and the Flying Burrito Brothers together. Well, Chris also has songs on the playlist with the Desert Rose Band, who just played their final show earlier this month here in Nashville. The circle really is unbroken. And now we need to go see this exhibit. Field trip, of course. In the meantime, I'm going to dig further into this playlist. Search for Western Edge on your Amazon Music app. 
We're about to go to break, but first, we're going to give you a little help with your Halloween costume planning in this week's edition of Who Said That? This is where we read a quote from one of the country stars. You try to guess who said that. And when we get back from break, we'll play the audio and see if you're right. Okay, if you still need ideas for your trick-or-treating, see if this helps. The quote is, One year I dressed up like a 90s redneck zombie with a mullet wig and an Alan Jackson denim coat. (laughs) Well, that's original. (laughs) Has to be Blake Shelton, right? I mean, would he even need a wig for the mullet? I guess it depends on what year this took place. (laughs) Yeah, depends. All will be revealed in just a few minutes. Hey, I'm Carly Pierce. We're Old Dominion. And I'm Casey Musgraves. This is Jimmy Allen, and you're listening to Country Heat Weekly. Boom, boom. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. One year I dressed up as um, a redneck, a 90s redneck zombie with a, a mullet wig and an Alan Jackson denim coat. John Osborne. <laughs> I am going to tweet Brothers Osborne nonstop until we get to see a picture of this because it sounds amazing and horrifying. <laughs> We've got a four-time Grammy nominee as our guest today, but Mickey Guyton is not just another nominee. She made Grammy history in 2021 as the first solo Black woman to be nominated in a country category. Mickey started her music career at just eight years old after feeling inspired when she saw Leanne Rimes sing the national anthem at a Texas Rangers game. The Arlington, Texas native had a full circle moment earlier this year when she got to sing the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. If her younger self could see where she's landed now, I think she'd be pretty proud. (laughs) No doubt. She has hosted a Capital Fourth for PBS, co-hosted the ACM Awards with Keith Urban, and has represented country music on stages from coast to coast, including an inspiring performance on the CMA Awards of I Love My Hair. Mickey has been a leading voice for championing Black artists in country music and is also a part of Amazon Music's original documentary, For Love and Country. On top of all of that, she's also a first-time mom to her son, Grayson. We are so excited to have her in the studio to chat about it all. 
finally, the day has come. We get to say, welcome to Country Heat Weekly, Ooh, Mickey Guyton. Yay! yay. I am this here. Listen, I love y'all so much. We have been trying to get you on this podcast since we started. I mean, week one, we were like, who do we want on the podcast? And your name Mickey was Mickey Guyton, one well, of the I'm first glad it's finally <laughs> happening now. Correct. Me too. I Lord mean, Almighty. it took a minute, and we it know did. everybody wants a piece of your time right now, including a real cute little guy. Oh my God. You know, I've been up since 4 a.m. this morning. So, yes. Sweet, <laughs> yes. sweet baby. He's so sweet. How old is Grayson now? He's a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it goes by so fast. So, you live in LA. I do. What? And here. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. splitting time. Mm-hmm. What was the the purpose? Like, were you like, I just need to get away from Nashville? Or what was the draw to LA? Well, my husband is from LA and he's a lawyer. And he's been, we've been together for like 12 years, mm-hmm. almost 13 years. A lot of people didn't even think he was real for the longest time. <laughs> but he took the bar in California. So that's where he practices law. So we were, we've been doing long distance for this entire time. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's so incredible. that's where his work is. We have new music to talk about. Yes, we do. We've got new music to talk about. So we're going to start with Something About You, which yes. you debuted on the Today Show. I did. No big deal. Yes. Tell us all about that one. So I wrote that song with um, Tyler Hubbard and David Garcia. And we were just like, Tyler is such a commercial hit write, songwriter. And I was really writing about love. That's what I've been wanting to do for this album because during the whole pandemic, we obviously know so much was going on. And and once I just like focused on what was right in front of me, it was love. And so I really just wanted to sing about that on this record. So that's what Something About You is about. I met Tyler at the Country Music Hall of Fame like six years ago, but I didn't really talk to him. Like we didn't really connect until January of 2022. And we're now signed to the same management and I re- he'd been wanting to write a song with me and I didn't know him. So I was like, why? <laughs> I didn't know why. Why would he want to write a song with me? What is wrong with him? <laughs> why? And I know, like that's her. But then I met him. He's such a just kind, you know, all of his songs are like party songs, you know? So I thought that's right. who he is. And he's like this like family guy and just such salt of the earth. Like he and his wife are so lovely and we just wrote together and it was just great. Yeah, we love Tyler. Big, big Tyler He's fans so around nice, here. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you guys collabed on this song, I as soon as I heard about that, I'm like, yes. I, these are just, my people. We've collabed on a lot of songs. He's just so good. I love that. Is there one particular lyric that you wrote about Grant? Yes. So in the um the second verse, it says, You being you, babe. It sure gets me in the mood, babe. Why you got to be so smooth, babe? It's so rude, babe. That was the line because I did not want to like my husband when I met him. Like, I did not want to like him. And he just kept creeping up in my life. And I'm like, the next thing I know, he's in my thoughts. And he got my heart. So that's what that is about. How'd y'all meet? So I met him when I was 19 years old. He was my best friend's stepbrother. Oh, I had no idea. 
Like, okay. I did not know when I met him, I was going to meet my husband. And there were times when my best friend and I would be sitting there talking about who our husbands were going to be. And we were like, how much do you want to bet it's someone we already know? <gasps> oh, I, people say that true. to me all the time. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't I think, think so, so either. And here I am Mentally, with a baby. she's going down through all of it right now. It probably is. You're like, wait, what? We're just going to move right along. <laughs> <laughs> skip like, ahead. I don't think so. Um, so what was that moment like? The, okay, did you guys go out before you told your friend? Or did your friend know that you guys were dating? Because I could see where that would get real weird. Well, we went out before. Okay. She knew. Uh-oh. But <laughs> I didn't even know I liked him. It was just like, literally, it was like... One minute, that was a horrible snap. One minute, (laughs) it was bad. There was no sound. One minute, we were like, he was my friend. Like, he had went through a breakup. I just thought I was being there for him as a friend. And it turned out he'd been in love with me since I met him. And I didn't know. Oh, oh my goodness. That's another song that I know. Together. It really does. Yeah. I'm going to a writing session after this. So okay. Maybe I will. There it is. Mm-hmm. There Just it dig is. into that one. Dig into it. Yep. Okay. Why was this the right song to kick off the next chapter of music? How did you decide what was going to start off the new chapter? Well, I just wanted something fun. We were at the end of summer. So I wanted to give a little bop and I wanted people to see who I am. And this was actually the music I've been writing all along, but it took a hard left during the pandemic when there was so much going on. Like during the pandemic, you know, I was seeing protests. I was seeing all this stuff out my window because I live right in the heart of downtown LA. So I was writing about what I saw and we were all just stuck and we were watching the news. We were watching social media and everything was so overwhelming. So I just wrote about that. But before the pandemic, I was writing about love. So I kind of just took that hard right back to it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like something like this was really important to to kick off the new old me. Oh, like it. I like it. Old me. So the next song that That's you dangled. That's another song. It is. Another I know. This is just, you're just getting all this inspiration <laughs> I here am. today. I need to be around you guys like all the it. time. We like it. So the next song you gave us is How You Love Someone. Yes. This song is incredible. It's incredible, right? It is. What a unique turn of phrase. It's like asking someone basically like, what's your love language? Yes. And I made the comment, can we make this like the theme song for dating apps? It should. Because <laughs> that's immediately what mm-hmm. I thought. I'm like, I need to like put the lyrics of yeah. this song out on a dating profile and yeah. be like, how do you love someone? Like, do you care about things that yeah. matter? Do you? Mm-hmm. But it also to me felt like, it's the girl that's already been with this guy that is like, okay, so clearly you didn't love me. So how do you love someone? Yeah. And I can't wait to watch it actually yeah. happen because what we had wasn't it. <laughs> you know, it's open interpretation. Uh-huh. <laughs> this song, I love it so much. It's a song that I did not write. That song was a Lori McKenna song, also written with Ben West and Jordan Shellhart. And it was pitched to me by a girlfriend of mine who has nothing to do with country music anymore, Jesse Wilson from Muddy Magnolias. And she played me this song and it just completely blew me away and I had to cut it. And and here we are. If it's a mastic minute or forever burning like the sun Baby, I want to know how you love someone Okay, so we've got the two songs. 
What else do you have waiting for us? Is there an EP? Is there an album? There what, is an EP. The there is an album. There's more songs that I'm super, super excited about that you guys are going to get to hear. It's it's a lot of good stuff that I got to be quiet about, but it's going to be really great. All right. So give us some timeline markers. Would we be willing to say that you're going to have a lot of this stuff out before Valentine's Day? Right after Valentine's Day. Okay. Okay. That gives us something to look forward it to. Will, That's it, there okay. is. It's it's all coming. There's That's more good. songs too well, after we this one. wait. Now, remind us, when did you sign your record deal? Oh my God, I signed my record deal in 2011. That's right. It has been so fun to watch you in this town and all the things that you have accomplished. And I mean, even just like earlier, we were listening to you talk about singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I mean, and you should have seen us like the <laughs> next day. We were in here. a mess. We were a mess. I was, I was a mess too. <laughs> but I did it. You, you did, did it. it. No, I you did didn't it. just do it. You did it. I Slayed. did that. You did that. Slayed. You did. Well, and so here's a question. When you do something that's so huge on this massive stage and you slay it, does it kind of take the pressure off? Like, nothing can compare to that. They could ask you to do anything, and you're like, well, as long as it's not... Yeah, right. There's a little bit of truth to that, but I still get really nervous about anything. But I think, honestly, having Grayson, as nervous as I was about doing the singing at the Super Bowl, having Grayson just makes everything that you do just feel, like Carrie Underwood says, so small. It's true. It's... Like, I've done so many things, but nothing feels as big as him. So talking about the new music, was there a lot of pressure internally, externally, to follow up a Grammy-nominated album? I didn't feel that pressure. Now that you say it, maybe I do. Um, Let me apply this pressure. (laughs) But Grammy nominee, I mean, yeah. You know, no matter what happens, no one can ever take that away from me. And that's something that's important. But this album, I was just writing. And honestly, Tyler Hubbard sparked a whole different side of me by just writing with me. I had no idea what I was writing for. I didn't know. I just had this guy wanting to write with me and I was like, okay. And then it just sparked something. I was like, wow, there it is. I didn't know what I was aiming for. And and that helped me. And so I owe a lot to him for helping me with that. I love that story in itself because I do think that shows kind of the beautiful side of this town. It really does. Is where you can be like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if that person quite understands me or like gets what I'm trying yeah. to say. And a lot of people, you know, would probably agree. You can find it in probably just the most, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I just had no Just the idea. most surprising places. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was really a blessing, mm-hmm. truly. I mean, he and Haley are a blessing from God to me. Yeah. For sure. They are. They're great people. They are. Okay. So we mentioned Remember Her Name being Grammy nominated. Yes. No pressure. (laughs) Hailed on all of the best of list. There wasn't anything released to country radio. No. No. Why, Nikki? Why? (sighs) If we're being perfectly honest, I just had a lot of anxiety about it. You know, I didn't want any disappointments. And so I was just like, I just want to put this out. I didn't want to have the pressure of whether or not it was going to get played on country radio. Do you think it wouldn't have? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. 
I, I can understand yeah. why you would be gun shy to go back to that. Yeah. I was just really scared, to be honest. Mm. But the thing is, the beautiful thing is, is everyone still loved this album so much. I know. That's so cool. I mean, it's just like that was you and you trusted your gut and you did what you thought was best for your music. And I was pregnant. Your art. Yeah. (laughs) I was very pregnant. Man, I had a newborn. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, here's the other beautiful thing. No matter what you do with radio, we were playing it on all of our stuff on Amazon. And I was playing it on my radio show, Y'all Access. We were bopping (laughs) Rosé. I really appreciate it so, so much. But you know, that's that that is true too of the music. It's like the music will find a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. The music will find a way. And that's the beauty of Amazon um, giving these platforms. It enables people's music to be heard. And there's so many different ways, and this just gives us that opportunity. Well, we love it. It's it's such an honor for us to be a part of it, for sure. I will, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I will go on record for a lot of people in this town in country radio, and we've been rooting for you since the beginning, and we love you, and we want that to happen for you. Thank you. You know? That means a lot, because you just don't know... Uh, That's another reason why I kind of had to stay off of social media, because social media is so loud mm. and it is not indicative to what you're seeing right in the world. Well, speaking of social media, I know that you tweeted recently that you've been limiting your time on social media yes. because you know, it's best to serve your own mental health. Yes. And we all understand mm-hmm. just the weight of who you are and I, you know, have followed you for years. I see the things on social media, and I can't imagine having to just have that in your daily, you know, just your daily practice. We've had some really good discussions on this podcast, and I'm super thankful for that, um, about mental health. Yes. And Kane Brown, Kelsey Ballerini, Brett Eldridge, we've all kind of taken a deep dive into mental health and therapy. So thank you so much for being just another voice Absolutely. in country music that's not afraid, because I just think it's something that's so important to be talked about out loud. It absolutely is important. And, you know, with social media, again, it can be just people on there can be just horrendous. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is we were taught early on that you shouldn't bully people. Mm -hmm. And it's constant. You get that constant. There's certain things that people say to people. It's just, if I don't like someone, I'm not going to just be like, well, I don't like such and such. Like I can't, I, it's just, it's just a lot. And mm-hmm. I have a son and the last thing I need to be is scrolling on my phone when literally he is growing up in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really more so the reason why I stay off social media. It's because of him. Mm-hmm. I oh, need yeah. to be present for him. Yeah. Um, another friend that comes in and has done our podcast is Raina Roberts. I love that girl. Oh, Me too. Listen. <laughs> her. Now her. That one. TikTok is the content I need in my life, girl. If there's one person you should be following, oh it would be Raina. We love you, Raina. Oh, so I can't. But I you know, she, she talked about how you have come along and helped her and guided her and been her mentor and her cheerleader when she needed one. What does that mean to you? And why was that so important? Well, it's important for me because I know I've needed a mentor and a cheerleader and I wouldn't be here if someone didn't help me. Right. And, you know, I've been doing this 
when I even when I first moved to town and I like I helped one of the girls I worked with in Nordstrom in the lingerie department get an internship at my label and she now has a full career there like it's just something it just costs nothing to mention someone else's name in a room and and to give them those opportunities it costs us nothing and I just, it just is, it's important. So it means a lot that I've been able to help her. Yeah. Cause I think she's so talented. She really is. She, she speaks is. the world of you. She I does. love that woman. I love her and her stories. She is Raina. That's it. Like there's no, <laughs> she's just as her. And I respect that. We looked on the website, no tour dates yet. What's up? Well, <laughs> come on. You know, <laughs> we're trying to figure that out. Um, I've been trying to focus more on music and I was really scared about COVID. Yeah. That was something that was still really scary for me. But now that COVID's over, we are visiting that. Okay. So we're going to keep checking the website. Yes. Keep checking the we, website. And we there. will be checking the yes, website. Yes. Because yes. be. we're going to be the first two people in <laughs> yes. there. Yes. We know this, right? We're so glad you're here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so I'm much so for taking the time to do this. Of course. We love you. I love you guys. Mickey Guyton. It's been almost 10 years since Casey Musgraves released her first record, Same Trailer, Different Park, which means it's time we take a step back and rediscover the music that made her the six-time Grammy winner she is today. The music Casey is currently making can't really be put into a genre box, but when she first came onto the scene, she was very country. Her golden Texas upbringing shone through from the sonics of her music to her stage setup and band. Remember when her van used to wear all matching Western wear? Yes, I do. <laughs> a few episodes back, we talked about the backstory Casey shared with Miranda Lambert writing Mama's Broken Heart. She also shares the Nashville Star storyline. Casey competed on the televised singing competition in 2007, just a few years after Miranda. Casey was just 18 at the time and still figuring out her artistic identity. But I'm pretty sure she's the only seventh place finisher to have six Grammys. And a CMA New Artist of the Year. Today, we want to take a look at the music that launched her career and help her land on the cover of Time Magazine's Woman of the Year issue earlier this year. Her artistry has transformed quite a bit over the years, and it has really pushed the boundaries of country music. But for now, let's rediscover some of her early tracks. Casey Musgraves was meant to be in the music industry. Born and raised in Texas, she literally wrote her first song at nine years old. It's called Notice Me. As a solo artist, Casey has seen so much success. But when she actually started out, she was in a duo called the Texas Two Bits with a friend when she was 11 years old. How adorable is that for a band name? <laughs> super cute, super cute. They would perform around their home state. But get this, they were yodeling experts and even won multiple yodeling championships. Those wins are among quite a few other achievements that she racked up by the time she reached the eighth grade. In 2002, Casey sang the national anthem at the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, Utah, and she released her first independent solo album when she was 14. Her backstory is really fun. Fast forward to 2012, she signed with Mercury Nashville and released her debut single, Merry Go Round. So Merry Go Round was inspired by growing up in a small, conservative Texas town. I think we're all guilty of having something that keeps us distracted, no matter what the vice. And our comfort zones kind of keep us settled. And I think there's hope in knowing that everyone has felt this way. 
This song was certified double platinum by the RIAA, earned her a Grammy Award for Best Country Song, and was her biggest hit at Country Radio. On this broken merry-go-round, round, round we go, where it stops, nobody knows. Merry-go-round was inspired by a conversation one of Casey's co-writers, Shane McAnally, overheard between his mom and her neighbor. And like Casey, Shane is from a small town in Texas, so the idea resonated. The next year, this song found a home on her debut studio album, Same Trailer, Different Park, which also features the song that inspired t-shirts and wall art, Follow Your Arrow. That song sparked a bit of controversy, a risky move for a debut album. Yep. People were a bit surprised to hear a country artist singing in support of gay rights when she performed it at the 56th Annual Grammy Awards. It made a statement not often heard in country music and was honored with the CMA's Song of the Year in 2014. Casey has always been and continues to be a safe space for the LGBTQ community. In 2022, she was given the GLAAD Vanguard Award, presented to someone who does not identify as queer, but has made a significant difference promoting equal rights for the community. Another song that I love off Casey's debut album was Blowin' Smoke. So, fun fact. If you pay close attention, you can hear some sound effects that were not actual effects. They were recorded at a Waffle House. (laughs) She really wanted to paint the picture of what she was singing about. Keeping on the theme of true Southern foods, I feel like it's a good time to bring up Biscuits, the first single off her sophomore record, Pageant Material. Another stroke of genius from Casey, Shane McAnally, and Brandy Clark. Now, this song was conjured up in the same session as Follow Your Arrow. They were really feeling sassy that day. Okay, everyone listening at home, raise your hand if the lyrics of Family is Family hit home. Kelly's raising her (laughs) hand. Family is family in church or in prison. You get what you get and you don't get to pick them. Casey has a sister, Kelly, whose married name is Kelly Sutton. (laughs) And for a while, one of her aunts kept tagging me in their Facebook pictures. So I consider myself to be a part of Casey's crazy family. (laughs) I think you fit in just fine. Just make your hair a little bigger if you go to a family reunion back home in Texas. Okay. Now, Casey's third album, Golden Hour, was a massive success and themed around Casey's love story with fellow artist Rustin Kelly. You know that feeling you get in your stomach when you start to get a crush on someone? Those are butterflies. Casey wrote about that exact feeling in 2016 after initially meeting her now ex-husband, Rustin Kelly. Their love story may have come to an end, but the music lives on. Golden Hour reached the number one spot on Billboard's Top Country Albums chart in 2018. Casey served as a co-writer on each of the 13 tracks, writing from the perspective of a woman deeply in love. This album is also where we really watched Casey stretch the country boundaries and leave some of her country and Western cowgirl upbringing behind. This album featured love, but it also talks about letting love go. 
Her song Space Cowboy is a great example as it tells the story of someone who finds the strength to move on from their ex and start enjoying life the way they deserve to. Space Cowboy is on a whole other level or maybe a whole other planet that fits it better in this case because it was monumental in the development of her sound. There is so much more in her catalog that we didn't have time to get to. But I know you want to talk about your personal connection that you have to her song, Rainbow. Because darling, I'm just trying to tell you that there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Such a special song written by my boss, Shane McAnally, with Casey and the wonderful Natalie Hemby. This song has a special meaning to all of us because we lost someone very special to us in October of 2019, and that's Chelsea Kramer. She was Shane and Michael's nanny for their kids and one of my best friends. And that song kind of became her anthem. She was battling colorectal cancer, and it really was just a symbol of of her and who she is and who she was. And now every time we hear it, we think of her. And one of the most special things was that Casey and Natalie actually performed the song at her memorial. Oh, I love that so much. It's just one of the many reasons that we love Casey Musgraves. Another being that she was a guest on our podcast during our first season. We love you for doing that, Casey. And if this segment has you wanting to hear more, check out the Rediscover Casey Musgraves playlist on Amazon Music. That's a wrap on this week's show. Hard to believe we're halfway through Country Music Month. The party's just getting started here on Country Heat Weekly, though. Next week, we're sharing a conversation with Amazon Music artist to watch, Sam Williams. Sam is nothing like his father, Hank Williams Jr. You think of Bo Cephas and you think of loud and boisterous and all of his rowdy friends coming over tonight. Yeah, Sam is very quiet. A little reserved and incredibly thoughtful. I really liked him despite his being a Vols fan. (laughs) His perspective is unlike anyone else we've had on the podcast. I'm excited to share our conversation and probably introduce him to a lot of people for the first time. Along that same line, we're going to rediscover the music of Katie Lang next week. Katie's musical career has taken a few twists and turns, but she got her start in music by forming a Patsy Cline tribute band. And of course, as always, we will bring you all the news out of Nashville as we get ready for country music's biggest night. The CMA Awards are less than three weeks away, so lots to talk about. If you haven't, leave us a review of the podcast on your favorite podcast app or all of them. That would be great. It really helps other people find the show. Five stars! This Sunday, the Country Music Hall of Fame will induct the 2022 class, which includes Keith Whitley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and music executive Joe Galate. That will bring the number of Hall of Famers to 149. For this week's morning question, we asked the stars who they want to see go into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Amazon Music Artist to Watch Sam Williams had a great answer. Now, for context, Sam is the grandson of Hank Williams. Uh, My grandmother. I love that. Where would country music be without Miss Audrey? Yeah. My favorite answer, though, has to be Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town. Little Big Town. (laughs) Can we be completely self-indulgent, guys? Yes, we can. I mean, that's just the first I come to think of. (laughs) And Ashley McBride agrees. 
I don't, I'm just still stuck on Little Big Town. Their new record, it blew my mind this week. I mean, the band will be eligible next year when they mark 25 years in the business. Nikki Guyton kept things a little bit more modern, though. Her pick still has a few years to go. I would definitely want to see, I mean, my girl Casey. I would love to see her go in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Walker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Tim Einenkel, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Rick Hamilton, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Plews, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. I'm Shimon Yai. And I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.